Hi everyone, this is Nemanja Bawa. I'm the director of a film, Love Hunter, coming out on iTunes on March 17th. And I'm here via lab podcast, enjoying our discussion very much. I hope you can see the film, and I hope you continue to listen to this fabulous podcast. Thank you. Flying Bull Productions presents Lab, Literature, and Film. Welcome to the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> the Laugh Podcast. I like how that cracks you up. Yeah. Happy. Yeah. Laugh. Listening to Laugh. I enjoy it. I I'm enjoy a, it. I'm a host. The L Train. Over there, Mr. Two Frames Bull. How are you today, sir? Doing well. How are you? I'm um, pretty good. Looking down in the barrel of another snowpocalypse, I think. Snowpocalypse 3. Whew. That's <laughs> That should be... A uh, movie written and directed by Neil Blomkamp. It should be. Because he's made three movies, you see? See how the theme works? Oh, the tie-in. So today, we're going to be looking at uh, Neil Blomkamp. Who? Neil Blomkamp. Who? Neil Blomkamp? Got to say it three times. Is that it? This will be a long show. (laughs) Uh, Especially since it's in triplicate. This weekend, March 6th, Chappie will be coming out. Looking forward to seeing that, are you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The more research I've done for this show, the more I've looked into Neil Blomkamp's films, the more I'm excited for this film. The more distance you've had away from watching Elysium, the more you appreciate it. <laughs> no, I actually, I went back in the last week and I rewatched uh, Elysium, or at least most of it. Mm-hmm. I jumped around a fair amount, um, and I rewatched uh, District 9 as well. And so did you develop different perspective of both of them based on your reviewings? On my reviewings, on my research, there's a lot of stuff I guess we're going to go into. Right. But I guess Neil Blomkamp is the new wonder kid of science fiction directing. Okay. I mean, I guess he's uh, one of the more is popular the directors. Joss Whedon and the, um, those kind of guys? The guy who did Tron. uh Evolution. Is it Alex Garland? You've put him in there? Yeah. Or he's the screenwriter for, um, oh, he, I, don't, I don't know, but Alex Garland's coming out with uh, Ex Machina. Oh, okay. That was, yeah, yeah. that was the question I was going to ask you as to whether or not he's going to do a better job with artificial intelligence than Chappie. But let's wait till we get to Chappie after we go through his first uh, two movies. Yeah. Because we're not going to really review Chappie here. Because we haven't seen it yet. No. We're going to kind of preview his movie, Chappie, and we're going to review his last two pictures, I think. So The the interesting thing was I was pulling my students, and I said, oh, we're doing an episode on Neil Blomkamp. And they went, who? I said, the director, Neil Blomkamp. They're like, who is that? Yeah, yeah, who? When we did in triplicate. (laughs) Yeah, of course. And then I said, he's the guy who did Elysium with Matt Damon, the... uh, movie where he puts on this like etzo suit real minimal and goes and tries to save the world these are 10th graders yeah and they're like oh yeah, yeah, yeah i watched that movie that was cool they like stuff it. blew up heads blew off you know <laughs> there and i say he also did district nine they're like oh yeah that was cool oh right. so but they don't really know this director so i think that's why we wanted to do this episode because he is someone that's worth talking about all right so when did district nine his first major film come out 2009 so what 
Now, how many years ago was that? Six? Those Six years ago. So they're, they're in that range. Yeah, I'm, I'm betting they've watched it on TV. It seems to play on cable a fair amount. I would think you can download it. Strangely, there's a few kids that haven't seen Inception. Really? Yeah. When did that come out? Inception's like 2011 and 2012. Oh, all right. I'd well, say. That kind of blows my theory as to the age thing. Um, Elysium's 2013, and now he's doing Chappie in 2015, so he's picking up some steam here. All right, so District 9 sort of came out of nowhere. It's a South American film. He's a South American, Afri- South African. African. Yeah. <laughs> Had the wrong... Spin the globe to the other side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had the wrong stuff. That's bad. South African. South African filmmaker. And uh, it got a Best Picture nomination in 2009. Yeah. Very strange for this kind of a movie. Science fiction movie, somewhat independent in terms of its production outside of the mainstream. Outside of the mainstream. Film. He was... Uh, he was given some money to do this, and they just gave him a little bit thinking he would never be able to make a science fiction film for this amount. Uh, he had been attached to direct a Halo movie. Uh, oh, Alex through- Garland's attached to that, too. Oh. Yeah, yeah they keep trying to make it. Yeah, I think that's their next thing that's listed on IMDb. Okay. Um, it, Halo was supposed to be produced by Peter Jackson and Weta. Uh, mm-hmm. His, I guess it's his distribution company. He does visual effects, all that stuff. Uh, anyway, the Peter Jackson did uh, Lord, of the, Lord of the Rings and King Kong. Movies. Yeah, King Kong. That's right. Uh, is he doing uh, Skull Island, the new King Kong? Maybe remake? he's producing Re- that. Re- I thought he's working on the second Tintin film. Yeah, okay, I didn't see the first Tintin. Yeah, I did. It was just yeah. called Tin. <laughs> but uh, Peter Jackson basically felt bad for this guy. Thought he was immensely talented said, here's, I think, like $30 million, which isn't a big budget, especially for a movie so special effects driven. And Neil Blomkamp went, wrote this script with his wife, Terry Tatchell. And the movie did really well. It exceeded expectations. Like you said, it was nominated for Best Picture. It was also nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. It was adapted from one of his short films. Uh, In fact, I'm going to talk about that a little bit more when we get to Elysium, but, and Chappie, um, He's a pretty decent short film director. If you're mm-hmm. into short films, I think he did some stuff for uh, Adidas. Yeah. And uh, the short film Tetraval, which I, I'm going to link to on the Laugh Podcast uh, YouTube channel that nobody's gone to yet. <laughs> but if you do go there, you'll be able to see it because it's on YouTube. I watched it last night. It's pretty good. I yeah, like it. Yeah, no, he got uh, a lot of uh, prestige for. Uh, directing short commercials, uh, these longer short film kind of things that are somewhat commercial based. Uh, he had moved to Canada. He went to school out there. He has a degree in visual effects. He did a lot of 3D design work, so he understands special effects really well, and I think that's something I want to talk about with District 9. There are so many smart choices for the way he set up shots and the way he created um, the elements in that film, so it makes the shots look a lot better didn't, than they have any right to. Didn't he gain some of that knowledge working as a 16-year-old with uh, Charteau Copley, his uh, main star in, the, in his movies? Probably, yeah. Uh, I, I think Charteau Copley. Is that his name? They met in high school. Well, he was a lot younger than Charteau. Charteau, I think, was 22 and uh Bonkamp was 16, I read. 
That sounds about right. But he knew the guy was involved, um, and then I, Charteau had gone and tried to make a production company and was doing some stuff, and they'd just been friends for a number of years. Access to a lot of technology yeah. that uh, he let um, this guy get his hands on, and, and Blomkamp kind of took advantage of it, so it was a pretty interesting collaboration there. <laughs> Fruitful co- collaboration. They did this movie for thirty million dollars. It made two hundred ninety million dollars worldwide. Yeah, worldwide, and it's rank, It has a ninety percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Basically, it's a movie about. Um, uh, it sort of takes a modernist view of the recent past history of South African uh, apartheid and how they had institutionalized segregation of races in South Africa all the way up until um, the 80s. Sounds about right. Late 80s, early 90s. And um, then uh, in this movie, it's set in an alternative 1982 where an alien spaceship is sort of like launched or landed over or is sort of like hovering over Johannesburg in South Africa, not South America. And these... uh, the denizens of this spaceship are sick, malnourished extraterrestrials. Yeah, and they're they're the worker aliens. They're not very smart, or at least the humans don't feel that these aliens are very smart. So they they feel it's all right to mistreat them and to put them into these slums. District Nine. Yeah, hence the title of the movie. And they're gonna are they moving the aliens from District Nine to District Ten? I think there's something going on with that, or maybe that's the next movie. <laughs> they were that. Uh, I think they were working on it. It kind of starts as um, a documentary. So it has that feel, and Shardo Coakley, Coakley, yeah, uh, is um, Africana he, he, He's leading the documentary team through these slums, and he's pointing out stuff about the alien culture. And yeah, apparently, all that stuff was improvised on the spot. Okay, so uh, yeah. And this guy's not a trained actor, and he just went out and did it. He's done a lot of acting since. Yeah. Uh, 18. Not very well. <laughs> I liked him in the 18. Did you like him in New Boy? <laughs> the, uh, the old boy remake, remake of Old Boy? Bad. He was one of the worst things in a bad movie. He had a weird voice that he was doing, and yeah. I, I blame the director for letting right. him do that. All right. He tried something. The director should have said, mm, let's try it a different way. This, uh, his name in the movie is Wykus Vandermeer. I don't know. I can't pronounce these names. It's, it's going to be rough. His father is Pete Smith, and he's the executive that puts him in charge of this. Mm-hmm. Something happens. He gets into contact with these, uh, close contact with these um, extraterrestrials, and he gets sprayed with fluid some strange fluid that these uh, extraterrestrials were working with, and it begins to change uh, Wykus. Into an alien. Yeah. And the interesting thing is he's this, like, mid-level bureaucrat in the government. He's supposedly just this foolish character, and the name is really common. It'd be like if, in America, he was called Dilbert. We would all instantly know this character type. Okay. It's somewhat iconic, apparently, in South Africa. You're a Wykus? Yeah. You could be called a Wykus? Okay. Yeah. He, a he'd, be, he'd be uh, recognizable. So, 
I always imagine Dilbert in this movie. Huh. All right. Well, when uh, he begins to change, his father-in-law decides to, they're going to vivisect him. They're going to tear him apart. Like, take his body. Isn't this the storyline from The Incredible Hulk? Uh, no. Nah, Bruce Banner's Hulk, girlfriend, uh, her father's the general who's always trying to hunt down the Hulk. Oh, yeah, I don't know. And, you know, wants to do experiments on him. Uh, but that's afterwards. This is a, well, I guess after, I don't know. I think it's my, the story my, of Incredible Hulk, only with aliens. Okay. Well, when he escapes, which happens in Incredible Hulk too, but in this movie when he escapes, they put up a publisher a uh, cover story that says he's infected by an alien STD. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those are funny scenes. He's, he's trying to get some food, and everyone in the restaurant sees. It's this. funny, but if, if this were a reality, and your wife saw that, <laughs> he's like, he's on the run, he's got an alien STD. That would suggest that he's had sex with these aliens. Oh, yeah. And since you haven't seen him, it's highly believable, right? Oh, and he looked sickly. Yeah, doesn't he? His arm begins to change. Oh yeah. All right. He's so, bloody and pale. I thought they did a real good job with the makeup in this film. The look of the aliens. Um, they look like insects. They're um, called prawns. Yeah. Derogatorily. But I mean, yeah, somewhere between a prawn and an insect. Uh, this hard body shell, which is a really smart move because if you're animating it, it's much easier to animate hard bodies than soft bodies. Okay. Where, like, if you have flesh and stuff that's bouncing around, that's much harder to animate and make it look realistic. Same thing if you had fur. Mm -hmm. So they purposely chose a design that was going to be easy to animate. What's the difference between a shrimp and a prawn? Uh, Size, maybe? Or location in the world? Like, apparently in Australia, they don't call them shrimp. They call them prawns. I heard them say shrimp on the barbie. Uh, apparently you can really piss off an Australian if you go, hey, put not, another shrimp on the bar. But not, not That is a horrible Australian. Yeah, that's when they get pissed off when they <laughs> use that, <laughs> they use that uh, little pronunciation. They, they don't there. call them shrimp. They call them prawns, the apparently. Uh-huh. Really? All right. Yeah, so it's a prawn cocktail. <sighs> God, it's the idea. The whole sound of it just sounds... You don't like shrimp or prawns? There's a lot of cholesterol in them shrimps, and I assume in prawns as well. You didn't answer the question. Have you ever had a uh, crawdaddy? Yeah. Crayfish? Yeah, you suck the head out? No, you don't. No, not if you're me. Yellow's bloody I've never juices. done that, not with the yellow and the... Ah, uh, yeah. Ugh. Love all that stuff. <laughs> I, I like liver. Well, liver's a little bit different than insects. Yeah, but, but There's no difference, really, between a shrimp and a cockroach, except one's sort of underwater. Yeah. So it's kind of gross. Uh, but I'm saying if you're the type of person who can go and get chicken livers, toss in some mushrooms with them, yeah, and yeah, just pretty gross. love eating that. Yeah. Love? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah that's disgusting. Yeah, I've got some wonderful homemade pate that I've been Ugh. eating my way through. It's wonderful. Ugh, that's disgusting. Megan leaves the room when I bring it out. Yeah. But there's a difference between liver and insects. <laughs> Prawns. Yeah. Both of them are gross. Either way, you're <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> I, I cook liquor, liver, liquor. I cook liver for my dogs. They love it. Yeah, they'll eat it up. It's good great stuff. stuff. Yeah, all right. Um, but back to District Nine. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of eating, okay. He he gets hooked up with these uh, 
Nigerian arms dealers. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess his name is Obsan- Obsanjo or something. I don't know. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. And they help him out, but eventually they want to kill Waikas too and eat his arm. So they think that will help him uh, use those weapons. The weapons that the prawns use, that these extraterrestrials use, are is, are somehow tied to their DNA. Yeah, so if a human pulls the trigger, nothing happens. But Wykus is able to do it because he's got sort of an amalgamation of his own DNA and the uh, extraterrestrial DNA. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's some cannibalism in there, too. It's a dark movie. It is, but it's good. It's good. There's some wonderful action in it, especially towards the end. There's an exosuit, kind of like from uh, Aliens. Wow. I I enjoyed it. I mean... I like District 9 a lot. Yeah. We're not going to spoil the ending for anybody that hasn't seen it. So let's move on to his next movie, Elysium. This is your favorite. He says he doesn't like it. Neil Baumkamp. Really? Yeah. Why does he say that? In an article uh, in the Huffington Post... Uh, which came out on the 26th of uh, February, not too long ago, he said that he didn't think that it was a very good movie. He said that he thinks it has good ideas in it, mm-hmm. but that it was just a skeleton that he wasn't able to fully flesh out. Yeah, I think he mentioned that there were problems with the script. And, and that's this is what's interesting. Yeah, yeah, because he wrote it. Well, he wrote District 9 too, but he worked with his wife on it. All right. His wife didn't work with him on Elysium, so oh, really? I think he was trying to do too much, and I've heard some other people talk about how he had his uh, fingers in all the pots. He was you know, working on concept art for uh, the exosuit that Matt Damon wears. All right, well, that was the um, coolest part. The set design, the, um, the little bits of action. You know, he'd work with the fight choreographer on. He was doing too much, so he couldn't focus on any one thing and make it really good. Everything got an 80% effort. Um, still ranked pretty high on the, the old tomato meter over there. It's got a 68%. It has some good moments. Nearly certified it. fresh. I mean, it's, it's not a splat. Uh, made $300 million. Yeah. It actually made more money overall than District 9. It was probably in a lot more theaters. And it cost a whole lot more to make. It was marketed very heavily. You know who he originally wanted to play the Matt Damon role? Charteau M- Copley? Eminem. Really? Yeah. Eminem, though, said uh, he would only do it if they filmed it and set it in Detroit. would have worked in Detroit, too. But. Yeah, but he wanted to do that South African thing again. And uh, Neil Blomkamp seems very interested in classes. I thought it was in L.A. It was not set in L.A.? Isn't it set in like a in on oh, Earth? It felt like set in LA. Johannesburg again. Oh, in the I don't future. Know. Though Maybe. he has said Johannesburg know. and LA look very similar. Yeah, I I, I can't remember. I, I thought that that was like that, that's another part that they do well. They do the world building pretty well in the early part of that movie when you it's set in twenty one fifty four, and Earth is uh, overpopulated and polluted, and people are. Uh, dying on Earth, but the rich people own this space station that orbits the Earth, and it has these uh, like tanning beds you can get in, and it heals you. Yeah, it's got the best medical pod ever. 
He says he loved that idea. He loves that idea. I, I think that's where the movie falls apart, really. You, you don't think that this is all an allegory for healthcare? Yeah, it's an allegory. And, and the need for is. universal healthcare? That's the point. But these people paid for this giant floating spaceship. <laughs> it's their spaceship. They need to protect it. They have a right to protect their stuff. Just because there's someone else that needs it and wants it, that doesn't mean... I mean, they pay for it. They put down the dime. Yeah, but I think that gets extended to the fact that they're able to pay for it because they've kind of enslaved the rest of the human population and forced them to work in these factories. They say that. They don't show that in the movie. They say that. Well, the factory workers come about afterwards, right? I mean, that's where Matt Damon character's working in this factory. <laughs> and then he gets exposed to radiation, sort of like... The Hulk and uh, <laughs> Wykus from District 9. I mean, there's a lot of parallels in some oh, yeah. of the, the plot. Um, well, I think there are certain themes that Blomkamp really feels strongly about. And if anything suffers in his films, it's that they're almost too heavy-handed being allegorical tales. Well, he says, and this is my question to you, but he says in the movie that he thinks that the ideas were pretty good. And he's a concept movie. Sometimes he gets... He says he gets carried away with a concept, but he enjoys the concept, and he thinks that they're more important than stories. His concepts are interesting. I mean, I've seen I, the storyboard the art for Elysium. I can see why an executive said, yeah, go make this film. This sounds awesome. That's what I mean, the 15-minute short film. Mm-hmm. That might be his range. Well, his drawings, uh, just last week, it word leaked that he's doing Aliens. Right. Or he's doing the fifth movie and but all this. apparently he's like, doing away with three and four. Yeah. He's Which isn't a bad idea. Line. Yeah. But you see some of his concept art and it looks really cool. I mean, it's this, just like the, the real alien, the, the original aliens. Yeah. I mean, there are some slight variations, but it seems thing. like he oh, understands. Okay. All right. I understand he seems to have an, uh, a handle on the material which now we can't even trust Ridley Scott to have a handle on his own material well, with the way Prometheus works. You know how I feel about Ridley Scott. But... If you listen to the greater Scott debate... If you're one of the three people... Seven. Seven, we got another download. <laughs> we got on seven that. downloads on that. Yeah. Yes. We, we were at six for a long time. Now we're at seven. If that doubles, <laughs> then doubles again, doubles again and again, it's still nowhere near our most downloaded episode. <laughs> but it's our best. Check it out. <laughs> you're very proud of it. I am. I like that. There's a lot of good stuff there. Um, do, that's why this is. Because does it surprise you that Neil Blomkamp hasn't done a 3D movie yet? Since he's done three, or Chappie's his third science fiction film, he hasn't fallen under the influence of 3D. Hmm. Maybe 3D would have added too much to the budget of Elysium already. Um, and then he missed the 3D bubble. Well, the year the District Nine came out, Avatar went up against it for Best Picture. Yeah, but and a Avatar lot of people, was the... I mean, it was the original 3D. I mean, it took... Oh, yeah. There weren't any real 3D movies that were worthwhile that went out that were out before that. But people love to compare the $300 million Avatar against the $30 million District 9 and just said, wow, the special effects really aren't that much different in either of these films. Oh, so maybe in a, in a weird, strange way, I owe a lot to Neil Blomkamp for helping me not have to see more indie movies. Because he showed that you could do a big budget film, or I'm sorry, a, a big special effects movie without having it 3D. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe he just, maybe he's a purist. Yeah, I In guess, that sense. You know. Maybe he's like me and he can't see 
three-dimensional images on a screen. Maybe he has a lazy eye. Could be. I, I would be surprised, though, if he can keep putting off doing 3D. Like, if Chappie's not terribly successful, I bet his next film has to be in 3D. I'm betting Aliens? I'm betting they'll or do Alien Aliens 3 or in 3D. Now, is that um, Alien 3 going to take Prometheus concepts and tie them together? Is he going to try to tie in with that mythology? I have Ridley been. Scott still has to have some control over that. I think so, and I think that they still want to do Prometheus 2. Right. So then it's a sequel to the prequel. So I wonder if there's going to be some crossover. Like, isn't the Fastbender in uh, Prometheus? Yeah. And I think the best part of Prometheus, for me, was uh, the the Ripley stand-in. Who was that? Who oh, played the female lead? Oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Not I thought you meant Ripley's got old man. No, no, Ripley. Ripley from Aliens is a female protagonist and there's a female protagonist and uh mara rooney mara yeah i thought she was good in that i like that i, I liked her yeah i liked her i liked Charlize theron in the movie i both i thought both of the female characters were strong in that film um 3d with neil blomkamp i don't know hopefully not maybe not he's got good. that um lazy eye all right so neither of us were huge on elysium we admit that there were parts that were decent district nine we both really liked so, how do you then decide what you're going to think of Chappie, which has a robot, an outsider, looks like there's going to be lots of shooting and violence and futuristic weapons. And Chartol Copley. Yeah. He's the motion cap. This guy is in every Neil Blomkamp movie. He is the uh, Leonardo DiCaprio of uh, Martin Scorsese. Right. I don't know. Is that right? Yeah, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio has been a in a lot of, of yeah. Scorsese films as of late. Or uh, he traded De Niro in and got uh, DiCaprio. A D for a D. Yeah. Um, who did Hitchcock work with a lot? James Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. I call him James. Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. So they worked a lot of respect three times together. Uh, Jimmy Stewart actually wanted to work a fourth time. With Hitchcock, Hitchcock and he wanted sitting. to do North by Northwest, and Hitchcock's like, um, yeah. he didn't want to tell him no, so he just kept putting him off until Jimmy signed on to do another movie. He's like, hey, Jimmy, I need you right now to do North by Northwest, and Stewart couldn't do it, so yeah. uh, Alfred Hitchcock was free to hire Cary Grant for that role. Yeah, he's a manipulative guy. Oh, Hitchcock? Yeah. yeah. I like that Hitchcock guy. We ought to do a show on Hitchcock. We should. There are a lot of Hitchcock movies I need to go watch. So, what are we thinking about Chappie? Uh, I think it's going to be good. I like that Neil Blomkamp's wife, Terry Tatchell, is back helping him write it. I think she adds a lot of the soul. In ho- Just based I, I thought, on one movie. <laughs> I, I was also watching an interview with her and her husband where they were talking about doing District 9 and their own contributions to the film. Okay. And I do think she's better at doing character development. Well, this guy apparently likes to collaborate because he's worked with Chartel Copley on every movie, mm-hmm. and he's working with his wife on the second movie. Uh, I know we're, we're recording somewhere where your wife might be able to hear you. <laughs> would you be able to work on a big project like that with your wife, or would you want it? I don't know. I, I like that we both have separate jobs. Yeah. She's an English teacher, and you're a... Teacher. <laughs> I'm an educator. Okay, okay. all right. She te- what does she teach? She teaches English. What do you teach? Children. <laughs> yes. The future. All right. They all teach right. the future. Good enough. <laughs> uh, 
yeah, I don't know. That would be that would. Would you be, want to do it with your? Uh, own? No, probably not. It's nice to be able to come home and say, "How was your day?" <laughs> yeah, and not know the answer before you ask the question. Right. Now that's a lot of uh, really close. I think she would. I think I would get on her nerves more than she would get on mine. Plus, I'm not very communicative. Mm-hmm. That's why I have a podcast. <laughs> I don't. I'm not. I don't do a very good job of communicating my ideas. But in order to collaborate like that, you have to be able to have a clear vision, a mm-hmm. single vision. It's hard to come out of two people. I don't. Know, I, I think Blomkamp has to be doing something right. He's attracting some really good talent. He got Matt Damon. Uh, who's the female lead in Elysium? Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster. Uh, Chappie has you know Hugh he's, Jackman. He's stepping and, down. Oh, except for Hugh Jackman. He is stepping down here. Dev Patel is a step down from Matt Damon. A, a little bit, but getting Hugh Jackman in there. Hugh Jackman is... Hmm. I'm not sure how much De- Dev Patel is going to factor in the movie. I could see him only being in the first third. Of he's a cipher. Yeah. Oh, you think he's going to get killed? You think he's going to play the dog role? Yeah, I do. Well, they have a dog in it. There's well, a dog in the movie. Maybe he saves the dog. Maybe Ooh. that's why we like Chappie. Ooh, that would be good. Um, I just heard the term, save the cat. Uh-huh. Uh, that The idea is you write a scene where our hero does something like save a cat so we know he's a good guy. And then he can go kill as many people as he wants. Yeah. yeah. But, but that you have to do it. Uh, I was, we were talking earlier today about John Wick. And in the film while he does kill dozens upon dozens of people, occasionally he lets someone off the hook. And so you know he has this back history. Yeah, uh, He tells one guy, how about you take the night off? He's like, thanks, John. <laughs> Gets out of there. It's it's the save the cat moment. So I, I do think at some point we're going to have to have a save the dog moment in Chappie. But I think Death Patel dies. Uh, District 9 right now is a standalone film. Um, Elysium's a standalone film. Mm-hmm. Do you think Chappie will be a standalone film? I hope so. To me, the best science fiction films in the last four or five years have been standalone films. Except for Blade Runner, because they're redoing their... Well, that hasn't come out yet. (laughs) Uh, Harrison Ford said that was the best script he's ever read. Yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll see what happens, see if they start filming. But uh, Live, Die, Repeat, a.k.a. Edge of Tomorrow, was a fantastic film. I thought you weren't going to call it Live, Die, Repeat. Yeah. You, you I also get, heard that they were thinking about doing a remake of that. Or not a remake, but a sequel. Ah. Uh, yeah. They don't need that. Uh, what was the Tom Cruise film? No, where he's in a, uh, on a planet with just one other girl. Yeah, and he's on Earth. A copy of something. Uh, I can't remember. It's a good one. <laughs> I liked it. I think it made one of my top ten lists. Yeah, that was on my top ten from that two year. years ago. But Oblivion? Yeah. yeah, Oblivion. And that's a standalone film. Right. Um, Probably won't get a sequel with that. I mean, maybe, but yeah, probably not. Not that movie. Anyway. But I don't think it made enough money. Those have been some of my favorite. Um, even you know, smaller science fiction films, uh, Frank and Robot, which didn't make any money and which nobody saw. It's it's a nice little film. All right, but nobody saw it. Uh, Moon. That's another right standalone. It's a, a good, standalone. good film. Um, what's the Bruce Willis time travel movie? With uh, Jordan, goes, Jordan, <laughs> I want to hear you or, say uh, it. Joseph Gordon Lovett. Gordon, not, Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> not, uh, uh, I don't know. I keep thinking laggies, but I know that's not it. Uh, yeah. This is when we should do research. <laughs> we should have done research. Yeah, I should have been Leading looking this stuff this. up. Uh, all right, but so yeah, you made a point. 
Yeah, I, I, I like I'm the sure for science show, fiction right Tony now. Let us know. You can uh, go and do these films. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I, 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 can, I can concur with that. Yeah. So, um, so when are you going to see Chappie? After the snowpocalypse fall? Yeah, a lot of that depends on weather. So either Saturday that, if I, yeah, if I don't see it this weekend, I'll probably go one evening to go watch it next week. Yeah, I don't want to do that same Gloucester. Uh, oh, that's right. You didn't like Kingsman when we went and saw that. Uh, and what was that, yeah. middle of Saturday or something? We it was saw on a on. Sunday morning or Sunday at like 4.30 or something. Yeah. It's one of the worst Sundays of my life. <laughs> the best movie and the worst movie going experience. Um, so there you go. That's our retrospective and preview of Neil Blomkamp and what he's able to do and what he might be doing and what he could do. And yeah, you know, if you haven't watched his films, you really should go out and watch them. They are really good science fiction do movies. A favor. Uh, I think this guy's going to be around for a while. And Bruce Willis was in Looper. Looper. Why did I think laggies? Looper laggy. Yeah. All right. So Looper, there you go. They won't do a review or a repeat pre-sequel to that. I don't Looper? Think. No, I don't no. think uh, Ryan Johnson's going to let them do yeah. that. Plus, isn't he involved in the new Star Wars stuff? He's doing Star Wars 8. Yeah. He's so. been over in London, I think, for the last year working on that. So, And he's another guy we should do uh, a review of his films. Oh, he, yeah. He's another up-and-coming director. All right. So... There you go. So, if you have anything you'd like to add to our uh, discussion of Chappie, you can comment on uh, our Facebook page or comment also at the Laugh Podcast. At gmail.com. At gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Or you can go to the laughpodcast.com and give a comment there. Yeah. Uh, we're also on the Twitter. Yes. At the Laugh Podcast. I put out a couple of things on Twitter today. That was pretty interesting. You've been putting up some interesting stuff lately. Yeah. Uh, almost every day, there's a link to an interesting article or a short film or something. Yeah, some, some somehow you can waste and spend your time. No, I, I think it's all been good content. Uh, so do all that. Uh, next week we have a huge show for you. Oh yeah, we're previewing Love Hunter. Yeah, uh, we got sent this film about two weeks ago. Uh, it's a little indie film filmed in New York uh, about a Serbian immigrant who wants to be a musician. Milan Moomin. And uh, we actually have the opportunity to interview the director. So we're going to have uh, that interview on next week's podcast. Hopefully. Hopefully. Barring any technology concerns. Yeah. Uh, so we're looking forward to that. We're looking forward to seeing you guys in the future. <laughs> we're looking forward to you going to podcastland.com and voting for us for podcast of the month again if you desire tell all your friends and family members and we just missed uh, winning last month but four we, votes we feel good about March we feel pretty good about March we need your help we'd love your help we'd love for you to subscribe on iTunes uh, for the uh, Mr. Two Frames over there it's been a pleasure I'm the L train pox and bonum everybody there be dragons Hi, this is Nemanja Bala, the director of a film Love Hunter, coming out on iTunes on March 17th and on DVD 
April 15th. I hope you get to see it.